Sisters podcast with Nicole and John Ellen. Uh, hello and welcome to this wonderful episode of the Radical Awareness podcast. How are you today, Nicole? <laughs> so good. It's a special episode um, because obviously if you are in New Zealand right now, we currently are back in lockdown level four. Um, which is kind of a big deal. That means a lot of things stop. So we wanted to do a special episode talking specifically about lockdown today. Yes, very exciting. So the basic premise of this episode is how can you have a transformative lockdown experience? Now, touching on what we've already kind of introduced and this concept of trauma being any time choice has been taken away and it doesn't take too much connection to consider <laughs> lockdowns and how choice has been taken away. Um, and we start to get into the realms of consent, the realms of free will, free speech, democracy, and all of these wonderful things that uh, we're sitting on the edge of. And I think a lot of people's discomfort, a lot of people's, and particularly myself, try and speak to myself, not other people's experience, but I, I know I certainly see a lot of, a lot of frustrations, a lot of irritations, around the way things are managed um, because something underneath it all doesn't seem very fair um, i think that's all right mm. there's a <clears throat> sometimes and i think what we've both noticed with this is that there is a feeling of it being off and people not knowing why or ourselves not knowing why um and that it's it can be reduced to oh, its fear of the virus, but I think it goes way beyond that into this kind of inherent understanding that having our choice taken away and not being involved in the decision-making process is very much a violation of our individual rights as we are as autonomous human beings. And so that feeling internally actually our emotions and feelings are trying to make sense of it and it becomes a little bit like an emotional fruit salad where on the one hand, you're like, oh, take some time at home, maybe if your situation allows it. But on the other hand, there are many conflicting feelings and thought patterns and ideas and then external stimulation that are feeding into maybe why things feel uncomfortable. But we really wanted to talk about it from this point of view of, of what is trauma-informed and that to quite a dramatic degree, choices being taken away from all of us and, you know, if you think about it, none of us voted, none of us ever got a say in how we would manage any of this. In fact, a few, you know, people who just supposedly sit at the top just kind of decided what was going to happen and that we should all just follow and get on board. And if we don't instantly, we're naughty, naughty humans mm. um, and trying to mandate all of these rules when that's kind of not how life goes. We're not just linear, simple machines. We're complex and our lives are complex and there's been a lot of mm, bullying and manipulation and censorship and confusion and divide and rules and all of the stuff that just becomes very overwhelming. And 
then what happens is people begin to kind of fight between them, between each other. And there is the sense of separation and divide, which is devastating and heartbreaking as well. And then as individuals, we also carry a lot of that heaviness also that it doesn't need to be this way, that this could be actually something that was dealt with with a lot more love and kindness and understanding and not just saying be kind because that's not kindness, but actually demonstrating kindness from a top-down model, which I don't believe has been happening at all in the last 18 months and requires a little bit more maybe reflection or this idea of what could a pandemic look like trauma-informed? What Mm. could lockdowns look like trauma-informed? It would be definitely a very different landscape to the ones that we know of um, from what we're exposed to. And I don't know how many countries around the world or how many districts or how many areas are actually managing things in different ways, but they're not necessarily being talked about. Um, we here in New Zealand, if you're not here, we have a very strict policy um, currently, which is um, lockdown early and try and eliminate or eradicate or whatever other destructive word you choose to use, this um, evil force known as the virus. And I don't know that that is actually instilling any kind of confidence in the individual human themselves in one, making a decision as an autonomous human being, two, allowing the potential, the pure potential of our marvelous human body to actually heal from something like a virus um, and the potential that that could actually be the thing that changes everything give someone their choice back change the level of fear that's being promoted and have have an experiment about what the human the human system is capable of mm. of doing mm. Because it has, it's, it's, it's really lacking in, again, choice. Even the choice of, you know, someone might choose to be sick or not be sick or choose to live or die. But having some kind of overarching government that's very far away from us as individuals make a decision about your your wellness or your, your choice and how you, you move in the world is a little bit crazy and not actually very supportive for well-being in a sense and we find it curious even with what's happened currently is that they refer to or there's been a case yet do you ever hear any of the details about the actual case itself or do we just hear more about the rules where they went who's in trouble who's to blame who's signing in who's wearing masks who got vaccinated but hang on what about those people who who are cases who have got this virus what exact physical condition are they in what symptoms are they showing have they died what is actually going on because there's quite a dramatic difference between someone being at home with a a, a chest cold and someone dying and to lock down an entire country and then not tell us what's actually going on with that person it seems curious to me it Mm. seems curious don't get me wrong quite enjoying sitting here in my lounge making a podcast but I feel like if we were to be or if we were to be treated as autonomous free 
human beings and our choice and our invitation was here, then wouldn't it be nice to have that that information to know? Wouldn't that be radical? Wouldn't it be radical? Mm. Might say that our country would be radically aware. Yes. But I think it's important also to mention that we're not blind to the fact that the structures definitely appear to be doing the best they can with the resources they have, with the information they've been given, with the direction that they've followed, it has a sense of perceived care behind it based on the understanding that the virus is what it is, that it's deadly, that people are dying and that we don't want people to die. Now, we're not advocating that people should die, but we're Never advocating. Have. Never will. <laughs> we're advocating for choice. We're advocating for the fact that if you are worried about this virus, if you are concerned about this infecting you, um, hurting you, hurting your family, then do those things. Lock yourself down. Put yourself in some form of isolation restriction. Manage your own communication. Manage your own everything. So that if we accepted, if our structures accepted, if our bosses accepted, if our all of those things accepted, that we could manage these things in our own way. And that everybody is have the right to their own fear as well. Mm. We're not trying to take that away. You can choose to do whatever you choose to do, but don't steal someone else's choice. Mm. And I really love that. Thank you, John, because it's, it's more about opening, opening perception and opening our minds to the fact that there's different ways of perceiving this and that it's not just one narrative and not in the way of from a kind of zoomed out point of view, but more there's not one narrative between individuals. In fact, every single person, every single family, every single community has a different way of understanding and perceiving what's going on and a different experience of fear or a different experience of love actually in this. And a different experience of truth. There is, um, you know, despite what some authorities might say, there is no one single source of truth. Yeah, that's a scary thing to say or even believe. And all it does is remove the individual's power, removes the connection to our own wisdom, our own knowledge and our ability to think critically and to look at everything and actually understand it and When we lose the ability to critically think, when we lose this ability to filter truth through our own hearts and actually come to a point of natural discernment, we we lose our connection to the greater whole and to love. And it basically means that we have to live in fear because someone else is telling us what to do. And that's terrifying that we're relying on an outside source and the belief that we can't rely on our internal source, Mm -hmm. which is actually where... Where we understand truth and reality, it has to go through us. Now, if you're getting a lot of information, doesn't matter what it is coming through and you're just taking it as fact, there's going to be internal conflict, whether you're aware of it or not. And this kind of brings us to this idea of, of how do you make a lockdown experience transformative? And it's, it's very much bringing it back to your own body, your own thoughts, definitely your own emotions and your own uh, physical sensations. Like if you looked at yourself right now, radically honestly, what are you feeling? And I know for myself, it's never that 
clean in these times. I mean, mm. we've done lockdown several times now at this point, and I always have a very conflicting set of emotions, feelings, and even sensations in my body, meaning that I can feel overwhelmed, uh, frustrated, angry, um, just kind of filled with rage, but also I could feel and can feel excited for the space and light and a feeling of love and hope for what is going on and the level of change and shift that's happening in the world. So I can be in quite a sense of polarity with all of this. And what is so important is that all of my feelings, all of my internal experiences are 100% valid. And that this process is more about riding the wave of the extremes of not having to suppress any of the emotions or the thoughts or anything, but letting yourself fully express them. And what's amazing is we're in lockdown. So we have all of this time to actually drop in and say, Hey, I want to do the work of myself. I want to know what's going on and not just being like, I'm going to numb out this time. I mean, totally do that. I'm a big fan of numbing when you need to, but if you want to make it more transformative, say, actually, what is going on internally? How do I truly feel about this? And it doesn't have to be that it's even thoughts, but more what do you feel and what sensations are there? And you're going into what we call a much more somatic approach to anything that's quite big because it's not just us as an individual. This is a collective um, so what I'm looking for, a collective experience that mm. we're having, which means there's like a collective feeling of emotion. And we are whether you maybe believe it or not, kind of connected into the collective and we start to feel and experience the the national, now we say, the mm. country's feel of what's happening. And so being able to very honestly sit with your own emotions and feelings and, and ride the wave can be an incredibly transformative process to come through this with more ease, grace, and actually ultimately healing. So you let yourself go to the lows, let yourself go to the highs and all the little magical bits in between in whatever way you can process that, which might be journaling or, mm. you know, just taking a walk and really letting yourself feel it or meditating or, you know, practicing more classes online or listening to insightful podcasts. Yes. <laughs> and I think an important um, thing to consider is that we are in a constant state of flux, as I'm sure you're all aware. But a fantastic metaphor when you're doing any of this work is that uh, the emotions, the sensations, the, the thoughts, the feelings, they are like weather patterns. And you can think of the changing weather patterns and know that it's borderline impossible or I might dare to say it is impossible to be stuck in one type of emotion one type of sensation one type of thought pattern and not be able to get out of it now people can definitely struggle and there is a you know there's a lot of people who deal with depression and and deal with these emotions that come back in cycles and cycles and cycles but there is the potential that those cycles are just opportunities to be with what is when it arrives. And rather than trying to resist, oh no, here it comes again, I can feel it coming on or I'm stuck here, I'm down. not going to get out of it. And 
and try and numb yourself through it or past it or around it or underneath it or try and avoid it. If you acknowledge that you could distill everything down into these two opportunities, the opportunity for peace and the opportunity for non-peace. So whatever the emotion, whatever the sensation, whatever the feeling is, can you come to peace with the fact that it's here right now? And if you quiet yourself enough, can you hear maybe a message from that sensation, a message from that emotion? Can you allow that to present with this extra space that you may have been gifted through this lockdown process? Can you listen for long enough to notice what the message is and Mm -hmm. to acknowledge and to let the transformation almost take place before your very eyes or inside your very heart and really give yourself the opportunity to to be the alchemist, be Mm. the, the... the transformer of your own experience. Mm, I love that. Mm. It's kind of like giving yourself the choice back, right? Yeah. And giving yourself invitation all the time to not just be like, oh, I can't do that. Because that's what we get from the outside world by not having choice. That's what Because you're allowed to is. be angry. You're allowed to be sad. You're allowed to be all of those things. You're also allowed to be excited that you're yeah. at home. But you're also, one of the things as well that you might be feeling is this idea of, Oh, uh, if I don't if I don't follow all this, even though it doesn't feel right for me, then I'm I'm hurting others. And there's this weird kind of divide and separation that happens of between people that if you don't just blindly follow rules and suppress yourself, then you you're hurting other people. And that's horrible for all of us to experience. And I'm gonna say, just right here, right now, that no human being wants to harm another human being, not when they're in their heart. And we all have hearts and we all have the capacity to come into our hearts. For some people, it's a little harder. That's all. It's just that, you know, when we've experienced a lot of pain and especially early life kind of trauma and pain, we we cover our hearts. We disconnect from them mm. as a survival response, which is okay. It makes sense. You know, when your heart's been hurt, when you've been hurt, you need to shut that down just to get through life. But there comes a point where you know, you find safety again and you're able to come back into your heart. And as individuals, when we do this, when we tune into our heart, we end up tuning into the collective heart, actually. And then you realize that nobody in this state would ever want to hurt anybody else. But we are all entitled to our own opinions, our own choice, our own autonomy, our own freedom. We are sovereign beings and we do not have to just take shit from others <laughs> just swear on our podcast <laughs> um but yes it's it's hard and that's why it's like an emotional fruit salad but remembering that you are free mm. you are free and you're allowed to to, to choose the things you want to choose mm. Mm. swim in the ocean mm. dance yeah do an online yoga class oh in fact if you think about the things that give you joy that that give you your resources back they are a fantastic thing to start with mm. or like taking a really long time to cook your favorite meal oh yeah with music on and just enjoying the process of being with all the ingredients oh, and cutting them up so carefully because oh, oh. you've got that time right the essence and the gift of time or just writing or being like i'm going to paint even though i don't paint 
Or I can actually be in my garden if you have a garden. Mm. Or even if not, if you have a house plant, you know, and you can be with the plant, even just spending time watching the plant or watching a pet or just kind of looking in a different way because you have time to look can be so transformative because in these moments, what the environment then gives back when you give it time and attention is so much curiosity and love and just interest and you start to open up. It's like your cells respond to just having time to be in your own life. Mm. So there is so much magic available in this time when we start to slow down and actually zoom in more to our internal landscape. And this is where I think all of this, this whole pandemic is kind of magical because basically in the timing, depending on where you stand with this, but from a more zoomed out point of view and from a kind of more spiritual side of things, it is said that we are in this time of a global awakening, a a rising of the, the human kind of consciousness. Our vibration is actually shifting and changing at quite a rapid rate and has been for many years. But as someone said the other day who we were watching, um, we are very much in the thick of the dark night of the soul for mm. humanity. And that's an amazing thing. This is where we have chaos before we have beautiful order and structure again. And so why lockdowns, I think, are here and why they're so incredible is they put this very interesting pressure where all of our external world becomes frustrating, right? Because we can't do those things where even our jobs and our social lives and our responsibilities are in a way a form of numbing so we don't have to, because we're too busy, look inside and do mm. this, do the inner work. And with lockdowns, we're like, oh dear, I've mm. got to look. And so for those of us who, or you who are prepared and have tools, this can be a really delightful time. And maybe the more pressure we put other people start to also go, ah. Oh, how else can I experience my life? There must be more to life. And just in the slowing down, because the higher selves of us all are saying, yes, there is more. And yes, you are more than this. And yes, you are worthy to experience love and joy and mystery and adventure, not necessarily outside of yourself, but inside of yourself. And so I think the biggest thing that I feel in my heart, even with this lockdown, is that Yes, we get another opportunity for more people, for more beautiful people to come into this space of truly awakening to their own very rich human experience. And for that, I'm quite excited. Yes. And we have the ability, the, the potential ability to, to see what our attention span is truly capable of. Mm -hmm. um, now, before we get too far away from it, I just want to rewind you for a moment. And for those of you who haven't heard of the term, the dark night of the soul, oh, can yes. you just give a little bit more around that kind of land that in, one, to land it in context and two, to kind of, kind of explain the phenomena because not everyone is 100% clear on that term. Dark night of the soul. <clears throat> it's another word, another concept for it. I've just it's left my mind. Basically, you could probably think about it in your own life and a lot of us will be living our lives and then go through a period that's very, very challenging. And some people it gets called depression, you know, and some people they lose their job and their partner and everything feels hopeless and their whole life is flipped upside down 
or you get the big kind of cancer diagnosis and everything's flipped upside down um, and and seems just like the darkest time of your life that has nothing no light in it basically but through that this it's like it's like a match is, is lit and there's this moment of we could call it hope or or light and starting to see the world and ourselves in a different way we say ah oh, actually yes my life has been fine up until this point but with everything that's happening I've I've opened my perceptions I've opened myself in this wider way to then live my life in a way that is actually more in alignment with who I truly am and more in alignment with my heart. So a dark night of the soul is an opportunity to transform your life. You may pick that opportunity up or you may not. That is the choice because remembering that we all are gifted with free will, which is what John was touching on with this idea of peace and non-peace. And we always have a choice. It's not it's not dictated by our external circumstances. It is dictated by our internal world and choice of our free will. So we can be in a state of peace and acceptance or in a place of non-acceptance and non-peace. Mm. And so when the dark night of the soul comes in, and we will all experience this, I don't think any human can bypass, and it doesn't necessarily only happen once. Um, but you always have an opportunity through the darkest times of your life to say, huh, what do I want my life to look like? And moving forward in a way that's in alignment or maybe shutting it down to next time. Nothing wrong in either direction. It is just the experience that you're choosing to have. And it's likely that you'll be presented another opportunity. But free will means that you can do what you want. And that there's no judgment in that. No matter where we sit on this, whether it's the COVID lockdowns or anything in your life, Everyone is entitled to their own version of truth, basically, their own mm. reality. That is fundamental, I think, to the human experience. And another way to kind of glance at the dark night of the soul in the 12-step programs, they consider it as rock bottom. And that, That's the word. <laughs> that needing to hit rock bottom to recognize you need to change and what a lot of um, people in these 12-step programs, whether it's Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous or whatever uh, anonymous system you're working with, that the, the people that tend to have the most successful, the longest or sustained success are the ones who did hit a rock bottom, a true dark night of the soul that went through that when I have to change what's my way out and they reached out and they found something like a 12-step program now they were already motivated because they'd hit rock bottom and you hear i mean the celebrity circuit will will probably um show you that it doesn't always work alcoholics anonymous or or whatever the other they just haven't found rehab. their real rock bottom they just didn't hit it yeah and they're they're doing rehab because the court told them to or because their agent told them to, or their 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 press agent, their you know your their spouse, manager, your child, anyone. So, actually, coming to the place, and this brings us back to trauma once again. Coming to the place where it's actually your choice to change is when it actually happens. When you are actually motivated yourself, you have your own discipline, 
You have your own drive, your own desire. You're doing it for yourself. And you can do it for others, but that needs to be secondary. Mm, It's just a great point. And so this is kind of what we're seeing with all these lockdowns and this kind of going on and on and on mm. that it's just this opportunity again and again to say oh do you want to look at things differently and i think initially when we look back to the first lockdown and we very much held the same opinions in mm. do now but um maybe not different... weren't quite as good as communicating them <laughs> maybe yeah <laughs> um so much more like a lot of heightened fear and just kind of, oh, we'll get on with it and we won't really look at it and it's all going to be over soon. And so obviously, as we would have said at the time, it's definitely not going to be over soon. <laughs> um, but here we are, you know, 18 months later and it's definitely not over. In fact, we've probably just started again for this next beautiful round of of opportunities, right? Of, we like to say, no soul left behind, that everyone gets an opportunity to, Transform. To transform Mm. in whatever way they want to. Not how we think they should transform, but how they choose to transform. And I think this is where a lot of the stuff gets confusing that people think, oh, but if I, you know, if I look at myself or I do inner work, I'm going to have to go and sit in a cave or I'll become some weird spiritual person wearing my Lululemons, waving my incense stick. Not what we're saying (laughs) at all. That is not what real inner work is. That is just another form of kind of. Numbing. Numbing, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and and uh, virtue signaling and, and all those things. But um, this is about just being honest with who you, you came to be. And the diversity of that is what makes the whole human experience so fantastic. Because we just come from all of these different places and we have so much wisdom. Everybody has so much wisdom to share that is uniquely theirs. And it is mm. worthwhile hearing it. We all have a voice and a story or stories that are so worthwhile hearing because as Joseph Campbell put it, we are the hero of our own journey and it's not somebody else. You have the power to transform. You have the power to be the hero. And we're just kind of here on the sidelines as your cheerleaders and biggest fans to say, yeah, I want my life. I want my power. I've got this. You've totally got this because you are the one that you've been waiting for. And you're so magical. And we see this all the time with yes. people just coming home to themselves. And I can't tell you, it is just, I could try and tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a pleasure, such a joy to witness. Yeah, a privilege. And we speak from this place of confidence and knowing how possible it is, no matter where you start out. So why not make this lockdown no matter a transformative how close, experience? No matter how close to giving up you are. Oh, that's good. You know, you don't have to give up. Just... Just gently turn the gaze over your shoulder, look back in the other direction mm. and go, huh, I do have choice. Mm. I do have power. Mm. You've all got it in you. And um, yeah, we just really wanted to share this today. And we're here. We love you. Yes. <laughs> um, and we'll we'll be back soon. We really will. Very motivated at the moment to continue to uh, to share. So... Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Nicole. Thank you, John. Such a pleasure. Yes. Hey? <laughs> and that is our episode two. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. The Radical Awareness Podcast.